There's nothing like the promise of spring after a long winter. It's that feeling of finally having the power in your house come back on after enduring a blackout. Everything feels lighter, more hopeful, and at the least, warmer. For toy collectors, the winter can be a tedious waiting room as we shuffle in our seats restlessly, anticipating the toy show season ahead of us. Most shows and events close down between November and March. Between the bustle of the holidays and the threats of snowstorms that could occur at any moment and shut down travel, promoters prefer to wait until spring strides back into the room again. Why put all that time into planning and advertising only to have poor turnout due to weather and driving conditions? The Zolocon show in Warminster, Pennsylvania is usually the groundhog that pops up through the snowy ground to declare six months or more of a healthy toy show season. For the past few years leading up to 2021, Michael Zolotoro would host the show at the former NASA centrifuge at the beginning of February. Zolocon became larger and more attended with every year, and it was a wonderful kickoff show for many collectors and vendors. In 2020, it was the last show for many of us living in the tri-state area, as it was held a month before the entire world shut down. In July of 2021, Zolocon came roaring back again during a span in which the threat of the pandemic diminished, and people once again left their homes and traveled, seeking the normalcy in regular experiences. It was interesting going to Zolocon in July. No longer burdened by winter coats and chilly temperatures, attendees dressed in shorts and t-shirts, willingly spent time outside the venue and traveled home while it was still light outside. And as nice as all of that was, Zolocon had spent years establishing itself as the first show of the season. When the show was announced that it would be returning to its position in the beginning quarter of the year again for 2022, I was thrilled. It would occur on Saturday, March 5th, a month later than its usual weekend, but that meant a better chance of nicer weather. And for many Star Wars and toy collectors, it would be the first chance to be together in months. A number of the members of the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club were planning on attending, as well as those who belonged to the Pennsylvania and Northeast Clubs. It was shaping up to be an epic and memorable event, and as always, would not be complete without a collector lunch in the middle of the day. This is the story of a trip to Zolocon, the first large toy show of the season for many on the East Coast. This is a series of fun and compelling conversations with friends and collectors at Zolocon. This is a look at their amazing finds, the treasures they uncovered, their winter pickups, and their love of Star Wars. This is a snapshot of the show through the eyes of a collector getting back into the world after a very long winter. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production.
from Coruscant to Tatooine, and every planet in between. Star Wars, prototypes and production, with your host, David Quinn. It's a trap! Yes, monster. Good morning. I am currently in the car. The sun has just come up. It is a beautiful morning. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. And I'm heading to Warminster, Pennsylvania. It's my annual trek out to Warminster for the Zolocon show. It's a fantastic show. If you've listened to uh, an episode from 2019 that I did, that one really provides you with the history of the show, uh, the, the town, and even the building, too. And the, the building is fantastic. But uh, to whet your appetite in case you haven't heard of it, um, so Warminster is a little town in Pennsylvania. This is a Pennsylvania show. And the venue that it's held at is called the, the Fuge, uh, otherwise known as the Centrifuge. And for decades, it was a working centrifuge for NASA. So astronauts like Buzz Aldrin would test there and would train there to acclimate themselves to what it would be like to be in space. And the venue itself is on the sturdiest foundation, I think, in the country. Uh, It is 98% bedrock. That's why it was chosen to be the centrifuge there in Warminster. And it closed down, I believe, in the early 2000s. And at that point, it was converted over to an event center. So now they host things like bar and bat mitzvahs, uh, corporate parties, and even toy shows. And I, I love going there. Um, I mentioned all of this in my, my episode. Uh, it was back 2019. Uh, and I think it's called Zolcon 2019. Um, a Lucas Relic. In a, in, a, in a NASA centrifuge Something on that order I can't remember the name of it now But um, because that year uh, Somebody found something really special That was addressed to George Lucas uh, From the very early Star Wars era And it's funny Over the last maybe three years It's morphed from just a toy show I mean there, there was always something special Like I, I went there on my birthday uh, I think the following year in 2017 And I went there with uh, Jay and my, my good friend Al Torello and uh, we wound up running into some some friends and I introduced them to my friends and um, we decided just to go to an impromptu lunch together and it was really great you know we just sought out a little restaurant and, and hung out and it just you know made the day really special and then really since then um, we've really added that element of going to the show and then going out to lunch as a group and it's been really nice. We've had a lot of people come in from the Empire State Club. We've had uh, some people come in from the Pennsylvania Club as well, too. You know, and just collectors that, that we know and love. And um, we've, I've met more and more people there. And I wind up staying longer and longer every year. So, so I'm hoping to kick off the year in style at ZoloCon and to find something really special. But I wanted to do this because I wanted to capture what it feels like to be going to a show for the first time, kicking off a new year. And this is 
this is one of my favorite shows because of that. And the show has, has actually shifted for me over the past few years, as I mentioned. It's become less about finding items, although I would certainly like to find an item <laughs> or 12 today. But uh, I think I have some waiting for me as well, too, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll share more as, as, they, as they come. But it, it's been really special because it's been this thing where our group meets together. You know, we all meet at ZoloCon and we'll shop for this show for a little while and then more people come in a little later. And then we get to a point where we're all starving and we head over to a place called Mission Barbecue, which is about three-tenths of a mile down the road from the venue. It's a great little spot. So we'll probably go there today, have a nice lunch. And that's really what these shows have become. ToyCon and Jay, which is held twice a year, and then, and then this show, which is held once a year. People come in from all over, you know, from, from the tri-state area, from even further. And, and we all meet up hang out for a little bit, shop the show. There's always good stuff. I was invited to check it out last night during setup, and I, I unfortunately was unable to go. But I'll tell you, I have friends who have found stuff already, you know, by, by setting up and, and interacting with other dealers as they're setting up. But it's just nice to, to be able to come out to a show. The weather isn't bad at all. Right now it is 30 degrees, but it's, it's clear. It's not too windy. Really excited just to be back. <laughs> I think the last show that I went to, last big show, was ToyCon NJ in November. And it was a good show. It was really fantastic. So I always mention this as I'm heading to a show, but what am I looking for as I go to a show? I think right now, you know, again, it's it's any sort of modern Star Wars prototypes, especially ones from the, the last 10, 12 years. Sometimes I get lucky and I, I find a few, which is nice. But um, but my main focus, in addition to that, is the carded vintage figures. I absolutely love them. I love hunting for them. I love the fact that if you're looking for a Chief Chirpa, you could get 65A, B, C, I think even a D, 77A, 77B, 79A, 79B. And there's just something really cool about that. And... I try to keep it loose when I'm looking for stuff so I don't put myself under pressure and, you know, have to overspend on items just to, to land something. And my goal is to find stuff at good prices that I could add to my collection where I can hold on to them and they don't stress me out because they're either too expensive or I overpaid or something could go wrong with them. So, so that's what the trip looks like so far. Toy shows are key. I think they're so special, and I think, you know, I look back at last year, and I met so many people in the span of about three or four months that I didn't expect to meet, didn't expect to have these these moments with, and now call them friends. Um, actively looking forward to seeing them. Some I'm going to see today. I had a friend, Lucas, reach out to me. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast, if you heard the Carlisle, Pennsylvania show podcast episode, I ran into Lucas and it was it was one of these, you know, just random run-ins and he and I became friends and and then he got connected to the Georgia Club, the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors, which is a great group um Atlanta based in that area and um they're just fantastic. They do some wonderful stuff. Um shout out to everybody there. I just I love you all. You guys are amazing. And um Lucas was going to be down there for work and he, you know, he just 
he wrote to me and said, hey, you know, do you think anyone would mind if I just stop in? I don't really know anybody, but I want to get to know them. And I said, no, absolutely. And I gave him all the names of everyone I could think of. And he connected with a whole group of people. He said he had a fantastic time. And he reached out to me yesterday and said, hey, are you going to be at Zolocon? So I haven't seen him, I think, since, gosh, it was one of the shows. Might have been Hershey or it might have been at a show right after that. But sometime, I think sometime in the fall. And, and now we're going to reconnect again. It's those moments that make things so special. And I know that I have a friend, a Pennsylvania-based friend, you know, that, that anytime I'm down that way, I can always give him a call and say, hey, do you want to meet up for a meal or, or just, you know, hang out together or, or we can, you know, tour a show together. It's just really fun when you have those opportunities. And all it takes is just a simple conversation, you know, stopping to speak to somebody and just to say hi and to introduce yourself at these shows. Because the thing that we all have in common is we all love collecting. When you're at a show, you're there because you're looking for stuff, because you're a collector. And maybe you don't collect Star Wars, maybe, you know, you collect other items, but um, there, there's, always, there's always some through line, some unifier. And so I recommend when you're at these shows, talk to as many people as you can, get to know people. I'm hoping to speak to a number of them today and, you know, asking them about their amazing finds and what they've picked up in the, in the six months since we've really had a show. And I'm, I'm about 20 minutes away from the venue. It's, again, it's just a beautiful day so far. I'm happy to be doing this. I feel blessed that we get to do this. I, I look at everything as a blessing from the Lord, and uh, this is certainly no exception. This is just something special. The roads have been really nice. It, you know, hasn't been too busy for a Saturday morning. And it really hasn't hit me yet. And it, it, it's always like this. Uh, this is why I, I record this stuff as well, too, because there's this kind of special magical thing that happens at this point where, you know, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like we're all going to get back together again uh, on, a, on a Saturday morning like this. And yet uh, I'm only you know, I'm less than a half hour away from having it happen. And to be able to see friends that I haven't seen, you know, because we, we either live far away or, you know, with the pandemic and with the winter and the holidays and just to know that we're all getting back together again and, you know, we're going out to, to lunch probably at Mission Barbecue and there's, there are always surprises, whether it's in items that we find or in our plans changing and, you know, who shows up and I just look forward to that. It, it's all of that unknown. Last night I was so tired. I just... I went to bed a little earlier because I was getting up early, but I, I was having trouble falling asleep initially because, again, and it's this feeling that happens with these toy show experiences, it, I just get really excited, you know, and I know that something special is going to happen and, you know, just knowing that I'm going to see my friends, I, I just look forward to that and I hope that feeling never goes away and I hope that you feel that as well too. You know, if you're traveling to a meetup or a show, that you have that excitement as you're heading there, and that you know there's that there's that curiosity of what's going to be there and who's going to be there and who you're going to meet. I hope that you have all of that because it really makes collecting and the hobby and the community that much richer and that much more special. I just wanted to share these thoughts with you as I travel to ZoloCon. It's a fantastic show. I really recommend if you have the opportunity, if Pennsylvania is not too far from you, if, if you can, you know, check out where Warminster is uh, in relation to where you live and, and maybe 
you know, head to the show uh, at some point. Uh, it, it's I would consider it a bucket list show for people. It's it's not the biggest show, but the fact that it's held at a centrifuge, um, that a lot of collectors do show up. So I have no idea what'll turn up today. Um, I'm hoping that everyone didn't buy everything between last night and this morning. So I'm going to focus on the rest of my ride now. And as I said, I'll be there in about 15 minutes and I'm so looking forward to it. So here's to the rest of the day at ZoloCon. I arrive at the Fuge about a half hour later than expected. One of the highways near the venue is under construction, and as a result, the exit ramp I need to take is closed. My GPS, unaware of the closure, sets me on an infinite loop, bringing me back to the exit ramp over and over again until I drive in an entirely different direction, away from the navigated route. But I pull up to the Fuge at 8.30, exactly as the early bird VIP ticket holders shuffle toward the freshly unlocked doors. I leave my jacket in the car. It is a very cold day, and the wind certainly isn't helping, but I don't want to walk around the show floor in a bulky winter coat. I have a pair of wool gloves in my bag and put them on as I make my way across the parking lot. The line wraps around the right side of the cylindrical building, I find the end of it and park myself behind the person who arrived just ahead of me. And then, we stand there. The VIP ticket is a great buy because it gives its owner the chance to shop the show for an hour and a half until 10 a.m., before the general public is admitted. And although there is a line, I forgot that it moves rather slowly. Attendees file inside, and the queue continues through the lobby, snaking into a smallish room. Upon reaching the main table, an attendee shows proof of ticket purchase, either in the form of a printout or as an email on a phone. Someone behind the table then wraps a colored paper bracelet around the attendee's wrist and hands them a black plastic bag. The bag contains a carded vintage figure, in this case ones from the 1990s Star Trek The Next Generation series, as well as a beautiful poster drawn specifically for this event. However, that process takes a while, especially as attendees search for their confirmation emails. I wait almost 40 minutes in the cold, without a jacket, and finally enter the venue, bounding up the stairs into the centrifuge at 9.15 a.m., still shivering. I've never experienced a wait that long at Zolocon, and hope they figure out how to shorten the wait time for next year's event. As a result, I feel like I missed valuable time inside, and need to make up for it. After all, I have 45 minutes left before the floodgates open and the general public fills the show floor. But for now, I am back at the Fuge, back at Zolocon, and back to hunting for Star Wars collectibles. 
toy show season has officially begun. Every time I walk through the stairwell doors and into the show, I always go to my left. I like to explore that area first, as I view it as the opening band before heading into the actual centrifuge for the main act. The ceilings to the left are lower, and the hallway is rather dimly lit. There are tables to my right and left. A few cosplayers taking photos with visitors, a comic dealer, and a newer setup with what appears to be fake weapons and cosplay accessories line one wall. Across from them is a series of end-to-end tables with vintage and modern toys, including a sealed razor crest and a carded yak face from Hasbro's sail barge. I scan the tables, looking up and down the rows of Black Series 6-inch figures, hoping my eye will catch something special. Paul always has great items, and I've picked up some key pieces from him in the past. But I feel rushed. I should be halfway through my first lap by now inside of the centrifuge, so I make a mental note to return and continue into the small room at the end of the hallway. Light trickles in from the small rectangular windows in the upper section of the long wall of the room, but it still feels like I'm hunting at dawn in there. There's an overall haze that makes the moment reminiscent of a photo captured on an old disposable camera. The energy in that tiny room is kinetic, and there is so much movement around me, and I'm trying to focus and trying to see around the dealers and shoppers who are standing around the tables, casually chatting with the vendors. I look to my left, and in that moment, my heart sinks into my stomach. That corner, for as long as I had attended Zolocon shows, was designated for Robert Bruce's tables. If you watch the AMC series Comic Book Men, you likely know Rob Bruce. And the layout of items along those familiar tables is similar to how he would set up at every show. And I still expect to see him and hear him call out my name like he always does, like a Viking announcing a return traveler. But instead... He isn't there. Rob passed away at the beginning of the year. When I started collecting a little more than a decade ago, Rob had become a mentor, saving carded vintage Star Wars figures for me at shows and selling them to me for prices that still leave me speechless today. He not only contributed to my collection and my ability to collect in a major way, but he made me feel like I belonged at those shows. And he introduced me to other collectors. At a time in which I knew very few people in the hobby, Rob opened a number of doors for me, and he did so out of kindness. I think he appreciated those who shared that same collecting gene that he possessed, and he loved to share stories about the histories of toys spanning the past century. But Rob isn't with us anymore. That corner of the show feels strange, almost like an image where a small section had pixelated incomplete. I honestly can't stand here too long. It is the first show without Rob, and Rob was a presence that you instantly felt when you were in the same room with him. 
the room suddenly feels less personal, less exciting. But I promise myself that I will return to that spot at every ZoloCon for the first show of each year to remember my friend Rob. Walking through the rest of the room, I see the first Star Wars items that grab my attention enough to draw me toward a display case. Vintage figures line the interior, individually sealed in plastic containers and complete with their staffs, capes, and blasters. They are some of the most desirable figures in our hobby. The gems from the Power of the Force line, the Imperial Gunner, an EV-99, a Luke Stormtrooper, sit next to pastel-colored droids figures and cartoon Ewoks from the 1985 animated series. The prices are on stickers on the fronts of the bubbles, and most of them are at eBay prices or higher. But in this current white-hot collector's market, the figures are appealing, even at these prices. Logic and reason step in and propel me to wave them off and to move on to the next table. I finish my round in this wing of the show and walk back down the hallway past the tables and cosplayers toward the centrifuge. It's a cylindrical, multi-story room in which the astronauts, with whom both God and history blessed us, trained for their flights around the Earth and to the moon and back. The room opens up to me once again, and the sounds of the buzzing crowd mixes with the booming bass emanating from the overhead speakers as 1980s movie trailers blaze across the screens perched high along the walls. The scent of a nearby table of donuts hits me, and I can almost taste them as I walk by. I move through the scattered clumps of new arrivals who are beginning their tours through the building's curve of tables and booths and I ride the wave where it takes me. After checking out the entire toy show with a quick run-through, it isn't long before I run into some familiar faces, and toy hunting disappears into the background. Okay, so we are at Falcon Circle now. We are inside of the centrifuge at the Fuge. And um, I'm standing here with a good buddy of mine who I've been dying to see for a few months now, Steve Renzi. Uh, we talked, gosh, I think we, we did this. Uh, Carlisle show back yeah. in uh, November, around Christmas? No, no, no. no the Carlisle before show that, it was in June. I think it was June. in June. Yeah, yeah wow. So, but but uh, we're in kind of a nice spot right now. There's not a lot of people around us. Uh, so we just have a chance to just sit and chat. So, Steve, how are you? Good, good, good. Good seeing you again, David. Happy to be back on the podcast. Uh, first time at Zolocon, really like the... Uh, oh, you've never been here before? No, this is my fr- we drove out today with some other the guys in the PA club and all that. Happy to see some guys coming down from New York. Great group of people here. Um, the centrifuge is really awesome. It's a really good uh, location for a con. It's a fitting theme. Uh, halfway through right now, I, I found myself a, a retro IG-11, starting to develop a little soft spot for IG-11. You know, Congratulations. The best nanny droid out there, so picked him up for a fair price. Seeing some stuff. Um... Had a really good find and pick up recently. I, you know, I don't want to talk too much. I got some really cool uh, pre-produced 
pre-production micro micro collection figures from my Chewbacca collection I picked up from a private collection. Mm-hmm. So that was a good pickup for me. Can um, you describe them? Because they're real. They're beautiful. Yes, uh, I got a chrome test and a hand painted uh, micro figure. Uh, the chrome test was the Kenner micro collection lasted about two year a year eighty two to eighty three was shut down very quickly. Um, Kenner had a bunch, a bunch of leftover lead figures. A, a die-cast uh, car company wanted to test plating gold and chrome on these figures. So you'll find there's gold test and chrome test figures out there. So very nice, very shiny, catches your eye, pick that up. And then when I was in the middle of that purchase, I was offered a hand-painted uh, production sample, which is a less than 10 known in existence. I got that. I was very happy. And it's of the same figure. It's, it's same, same the Chewbacca figure. from the William Falcon, right? Yes, with the Hydro Spanner holding up. So very cool. You know, Now I need to track down a four-up to complete the run. Because <laughs> okay. I have the unpainted. I have the production figure. So. And what did the hand-painted one come in? It was it was it was being stored in a vintage Play-Doh con- uh, container that um, that was that's how the the Kenner uh, guy had it since he was working at Kenner back in the eighties. So that was a pretty cool pickup. But no, I'm looking forward to this old con. See what else is here. You know, maybe find some you know some good good new vintage pieces. Uh, the modern Hasbro stuff at some good prices. See the pap in. I haven't seen anyone selling a Razor's Crest yet, which is a shame because mine's sitting oh, in a... there is. Uh, in fact, it's. I believe it's, uh, it's. Yeah, it's over in, in this oh, section. Yeah. And yeah, there's some... mine's still in the shipper box in a closet. I'm waiting for a good buddy of mine to come over. We're gonna open it together and, and share the experience of childhood together, putting it together and flying around my house. So. It's gorgeous. As somebody who who did uh, weeks worth of research about it, I yeah. can tell you it is amazing. Amazing, good yeah. thing back up. But yeah, looking forward to it, and we'll, we'll talk. Oh. I'm here. I'm going to donate. I'm going to um, submit some stuff in person to CAS. Get some awesome. There are some of their awesome archiving services. If, you, if you've never seen some of the acrylic work they do and display figures, definitely check them out. They can. Some of you got some nice pieces. They can do some really good job getting customer acrylic cases. So come to a show. You save save some uh, shipping and all that, and deal directly with the owners who are very good people. Um, so looking forward to that. Submitting some stuff to CAS to get some. Uh, to get some nice archival services from them. And then what's the coolest thing that you've seen uh, here at the show for the first half of your tour? Actually, a CAS has an archive set of Obi-Wan Kenobi Yuppies from Columbia. The Yuppie Peromeos has all colors and a little archive case. It's stuff like that, you know, attention to detail, how it displays and all that. As someone who, you know, works very hard to display my collection, seeing like something like that, ah, that's cool. So, yeah, seeing the stuff that CAS does in person and some of the stuff you wouldn't think outside the box archiving was very cool to see that way. Beautiful. All right. Well, Steve, let's take a walk. I know we were talking about uh, doing lunch in a little while, so we're going to get the gang and uh, and go over to Mission Barbecue. So oh, that. that's right, man. I can't wait to eat some dead animals. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> All right. We'll check in in a little bit. All right. Thanks as always, Dave. Appreciate it. Two stories above the floor, past the pod in which the astronauts trained and through a room filled with refrigerator-sized former NASA computers, is an upper room of vendors. Low-ceilinged and musty-smelling, it is awash with attendees. At the last Zolocon show, I ran into a dealer up here who had something like 40 or 50 carded Star Wars figures for sale. So much so that he hadn't put everything out. I had asked him if he had anything else with him that day, and he pointed to two closed cardboard boxes behind his table and said, More vintage Star Wars figures. All in star cases. Feel free to go through them before I put them out for sale. I came home with a Hoth rebel soldier on a Return of the Jedi card back that day. 
I realized that I had never picked up a rebel soldier from my collection previously, and loved the fact that this one came on a Jedi card. You don't see many of them, and the condition on this one was too beautiful to pass up. At this show, however, I run into another dealer's table on my way back downstairs that catches my eye. He has a small, open-faced, clear container filled with plastic bags. Each sealed little bag contains an accessory or two, mostly from the Star Wars and G.I. Joe toy lines, and has a price on a torn section of an index card. I rummage through the bin, carefully placing the items I don't want to the side. Toward the bottom, I see some familiar vintage accessories, and my eyes widen. I buy an orange Yoda snake for a fair price, and the rarer Yoda cane for an even better one. That will be my only purchase of the day, but I'm content. Plus, it's only the first show of the year, and I will have many more chances to hunt in the coming months. I'm here with my good buddy, Mike Stefano. I've been looking forward to seeing you for so long. This is so cool that we get a chance to actually do this. Um, you wrote to me, I think, uh, last week, and you said, you know, hey, are you going to ZoloCon? I'm going to be there. Let's, let's hang out. And so we are also joining Steve Renzi and all these other people and, and doing lunch. Um, so, Mike, how are you doing today? I am doing real well, David. Is this your first time at ZoloCon? It is. I've heard you talk about it on your podcast, and other friends have either set up tables here or have attended. And finally, the schedule worked out with the kids where I had a free weekend, got it on the calendar, and I get to check it out. I'm so excited for you because I've been coming here for a few years, and I absolutely love it. What are your first thoughts uh, after you've done probably about a half a tour so far as well, too, right? So what are your thoughts so far? So in full disclosure, I've made it literally maybe a quarter away around the centrifuge. And And how long have you been here? An hour. (laughs) So between running into friends and uh, the crowd that's here and and the sheer number of booths, I haven't been able to get too far in, but it is packed with a wide variety of stuff and uh, probably going to be here another four or five hours before I get through it all. It's really insane. I mean, we're just, we're standing here and we can see in front of us uh, vintage stuff, Legos, uh, comics, modern figures, Masters of the Universe stuff. I mean, there's there's quite a bit here. Um, What's the coolest thing you've seen so far? So two things caught my eye. One of them was a probably 18-inch foghorn leghorn stuffed animal. Oh, wow. Right when I walked in, that was there. So that was interesting. The other thing is my daughter's really gotten into Cobra Kai. So I happened to look behind one of the tables, and they have a Karate Kid all-valley action play set sitting behind the table. So I have that one flagged to go back and just check out. I've seen them online, but I've never seen one in person before. Is it is it from um, Cobra Kai, or is it from... No, it's from Karate Kid. Oh, okay. So back in 84, 85, probably? I think it's a little later. That playset is beautiful, though. It's a really, really cool Okay. One. So, okay. No, nice. That's two two nice things that you can, uh, you know, take a look at again. And as you... You're going to have to do this, like, three or four times. Just go around in the circle. And then there's also the upstairs, too, which is pretty packed, but nice, too. Yeah, and, you know... Those those are the things that caught my eye, but I'm here to check out what the Star Wars scene looks like. It's been a long time since I've been to a show like this, so uh, you know, I've been to the one in Hershey, which is on a much smaller scale. Much smaller, but yeah. I'm real curious to see what the market is for a lot of things today when I haven't actively pursued shows like this to see. Spoiler alert, it's incredibly expensive. Everything right now, I mean, all collectibles are, are crazy prices, but 
I have to say, I mean, I found, so far I found a Yoda cane and a Yoda snake for a vintage Yoda, and I, I think I paid something like $25 for the pair, so not too okay. bad. No, not too bad at all. You know, I know the market has pushed prices up. Just maybe trying to get a feel for how much that ceiling looks like today. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you're targeting right now, anything you're looking for? So if I find any of the Star Wars role-playing West End games, source material, that would be a huge bonus. Okay. Now, that's probably the thing that I would be most excited about to find. I actually have some stuff for CIS that I brought today mm-hmm. to take a have them take a look at casing. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it's sort of like free and liberated to just go around and look and see what we find. It's really nice. Uh, have you had any pickups over the winter and then into these, you know, the first few months of, of 2022? Anything big that you've picked up for your collection? There's been a few items. Uh, the biggest one being the Razor Crest, which showed up about a month ago. I, I'm still working my way to get, op- <laughs> get getting to open it and do it the right way. It's okay. You'll do it in the right time. Yeah, I don't want to rush through that. I've uh, been working on filling in some of the holes in the West End games, Star Wars role-playing game from the late 80s, early 90s that I've been kind of checking those out as I see. Uh, finding stuff in the stores is almost impossible where I live in south-central PA. The but, West End games, they really, you know, in the 80s, I think they really defined Star Wars after uh, the films had ended. You know, and they really kind of carried uh, fans and collectors over into the 90s when um, Timothy Zahn wrote Heir to the Empire yeah, and everything like that. That's exactly what they did. You know, when we were coming out of, or call it the dark times, you know, we didn't have a lot of Star Wars material to look forward to, whether it be movies, the TV shows that we get today, cartoons. Uh, after the Ewok adventure movies, uh, there wasn't a lot. So uh, I was dabbling in Dungeons and Dragons back then, but drawn towards the Star Wars games. And that got me through the 80s and early 90s, and then the Timothy's on book. So I consider them sort of like the precursor to the expanded universe that we came to define. I guess we call it the Legacy series now, but um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's a lot of great artwork in there. Uh, And the backstories are fun to take a look at now in light of how Lucasfilm and Disney has defined what Star Wars looks like today. Yeah, It's a a pretty cool relic from a time that, uh, as you said, the precursor to the expanded universe. It is, and it's probably a lot deeper in terms of content than most people realized. You know, being, I kept up with a lot of the stuff in, say, from 87 to 90 when college happened, got away from it. But there was probably, say, somewhere about 150 modules, source books, and other elements to it. And that's not including any of the, the little mini figures for the miniature battles that you wanted to do. So there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, go back and sort of fill out the collection. That's awesome. Okay, so so you've had some good pickups lately. Uh, you're looking for stuff for the West End games, and uh, you have an entire convention to just go through right now and rummage through and, and, and hunt for stuff. So It is, and I, I take some solace in you finding a Yoda and a Yoda cane in here when there's this treasure trove of stuff. There's stuff all over the tables. It's under the tables. It's behind the tables. And I probably have 85% of the show to still look through. So I'm excited. I'm really excited for you. I don't want to take any more of your time. I'm going to very quickly ask you, though. So you just recently uh, participated in a Run Disney event. 
I think it's so cool. If you could just, you know, just talk about it for a second and just explain what it what it is. So thank you for thinking it's cool. A lot of people think it's crazy. It is crazy, but it's it's crazy cool. So running has been something that has been a passion of mine for a couple decades. And Run Disney does a series of events through the year. The one you're talking about, Dave, and I know we've shared stories back and forth on is Marathon Weekend. And there's an event called the Dopey Challenge, which is a 5K on Thursday, a 10K on Friday, a half marathon on Saturday, and a full marathon on Sunday. So it's four days of getting up at 2 a.m. How many miles total? 48.6. You you run, and and the success of build-up culminates in the marathon, which is pretty awesome. And the medals they give you for doing it is a huge draw. They're not cheap medals. These are medals that have a lot of weight to them. They incorporate the Disney characters. and They display beautifully. They do. They really do. And so it's more of an event now. There's a group of friends that we meet up down there. We run the races. We hang out in the parks, grab dinner, and then wake up the next morning and do it all over again. I love that. Yeah, it really is something that I look forward to every year. And this year was really cool because it fell right on my birthday in early January. So I'm running a half marathon instead of sleeping in and waiting <laughs> and, for the birthday cake. And doing it in style at Disney World. That's right. And Disney does it top notch. Um, probably 20,000 runners uh, between the multiple races. It might even be 30,000 over the four days. Um, it, it's more than just a race. It's really an event. And something you'll never forget either. That's why I keep going back. Cool. All right. Now I've officially taken up way too much of your time. You have an entire venue to go through. I'm really excited. And then we're going to do lunch at uh, Mission Barbecue. Definitely looking forward to that. That's part of the big draw coming down here is we get to hang out and chat a little bit more. Absolutely. All right. Here's to a good search for the rest of the day. Thanks, David. Good talking with you. The day is a reunion with members of the various Star Wars collectors clubs. But it also turns out to be an opportunity to meet up with friends I had met for the first time last summer at the Toys for the Ages Expo in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. The Toys for the Ages show was headed by fellow vintage collector Andy Cook, and I am thrilled to have a chance to speak with him and our mutual friend Bob Mistrella again. So this is kind of a special thing. Uh, Bob, I, I don't think I've seen you since maybe Carlisle, maybe a show after that? No, I think since, since Carlisle. Okay, so yeah, so that was in the summer. So this, I'm, I'm with Bob Mistrella here, who is one of the nicest guys that I've met uh, recently at, at, a, at a show, and is just, just awesome, just like family now. Yeah, thank you, appreciate that. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm having a great time. ZoloCon's been a good show, a lot of fun. Cool. Have, of you, fun. Um, have you found anything? I did. I, I started grabbing Galaxy Empire figures, Star Wars knockoffs. Mm-hmm. Familiar with them? I, I'm they're, slightly familiar. If you could explain a little. They're, they're absolutely horrendous. I love them. Um, I'm, I'm such a sucker for knockoffs. Um, let me show you a picture real quick, and maybe we can describe it better. So these are bootlegs that were made. These are bootleg, okay. yeah, knockoff type. Uh, late '90s, early 2000s. I around? think so. What they are is they're they're clones of or bootlegs of the Power of the Force figures, but they're six inches tall. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. And it says Galaxy Empire. It's got a picture of the Millennium Falcon. And there's Luke and 
Right here, you got a stormtrooper with blue gloves. I've right. never seen that. So it's a white, it, it's a white armored stormtrooper with um, orange. It looks like orange bands around his his elbows, and like, and then uh, he has blue gloves, and then uh, a little bit of blue like on the boots and stuff too. Yeah, these these things are ridiculous. And I have the Han Solo. I found one. I have a white shirt. I found the gray shirt today. You know, this is the Chewbacca oh from the Shadows of the Empire. Is right, in where this, he was. But he's six inches tall. Yeah. And he's, instead of brown, he's he's gray with green armor and a purple sash. It looks almost like the, the uh, colors of Boba Fett. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, okay, yeah, it's, and there's oh, Boba there's Fett. Boba, yeah. And he's just, his colors are a little off, too. Yeah. You know, he's got a blue chest armor. And, and there's a, a chocolate. Chocolate Darth, Darth Vader, Vader with like gold um, sh- uh, shoulder. Yeah, shoulder. You're calling. Yeah, yeah. Baldwin. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. I love these things though. They're horrible. So, did you buy these today? I bought these from a guy um, near my house. I bought a, a, a big chunk of his collection, and I found an, uh, a variant of it today. So cool! Incredible. And then there's a great Chewbacca, which is just. Just selling. That is so awesome. Well, so congratulations. Like knockoffs like crazy. Yeah, and the, the six-inch variance is uh, is pretty interesting. That, really that's a cool, cool. tank. It's really cool stuff. Yeah. Yep. That and then uh, I started getting Galaxy Cop. Mm-hmm. I bought. I got some of them from that same collection, mm-hmm. and they're like it's a, a knockoff. It's a RoboCop Star Wars spin. I've never seen anything like this. This is bonkers. There, there's only four of them, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And you have this one guy, he's dressed like a black Robocop with a cape, and he's got a Darth Vader hood that comes over, like a cowl. Yeah, so he's dressed in all black, he has kind of a, a silver uh, chest plate, and then you're right, like, the, the helmet and the, the shoulder area and the... Um, uh, the area that lights up on his chest, yeah, yeah, that's separate. And then you just put that over the yep. Galaxy Cops uh, head and, butt and shoulders. And then they did a Stormtrooper as well. Wow. Same thing with a cowl. He looks like a White Power Ranger, in my opinion. Yeah, he does. And then he's got like a Storm Stormtrooper cowl with a chest plate that goes on top, and then some weird guns. Yeah. And then there was there's also 12 inch figures. Oh my God. It's a Stormtrooper with a removable helmet and some kind of weird gray guns. And then there's a Darth Vader with a removable helmet. But it's not Darth Vader. It's just some generic-looking helmet head, or something you know, like, on yeah. some, uh, and they're really cheap, and they're horrible, but I love them. That's Absolutely so, love so them. cool. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been been into here lately. That's, like, my my, my best find yeah. since I saw you. Is, is this your first trip to ZoloCon? No, it's my second time. Okay. Andy and I came out last summer. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice a little. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And all I can say is bring a flashlight. It's a little dark in here. It is a little dark, a little hard to see stuff at times, but beautiful. It's, yeah, it's, but it's, it's mood lighting. Atmosphere. Yeah, the mood lighting. Yeah. He's playing, I don't know what he's playing back there. He-Man. He's got the He-Man movie oh, yeah. on in the background. Yeah, from 1987, right? Yep, from 87. Dolph Lundgren. Yep, Dolph Lundgren, and it's an old NASA facility for training, and it's a very cool place. It's just a cool venue. It. What's, um, what's the coolest thing you've seen today so far on your, on your track? Um... I don't know. There's been a lot of cool stuff. I found some just knockoffs. I found a Mexican knockoff of a xenomorph. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's ugly. As, it's ugly as sin, but as beautiful as can be. I love them. I'm such a sucker for the knockoffs now. Look at this thing. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. So it's like it's like a Kelly green or neon green um, xenomorph. 
and uh, and it also comes with a blue Batman with red wings, and it says superheroes on the top of it. Wow. Yeah, with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Spider Man, <laughs> and Aquaman, right? Yeah, and Aquaman. Yeah, beautiful. Stuff's crazy. I love knockoffs. I love bootlegs. So yeah, that's what we've been doing lately, and just um, I don't know if you want to, you want to call it but whatnot. I've been doing a lot of whatnot sales. Yeah, sure. Whatnot sales have been through the roof. Have they really? Yeah, eBay's okay. My boots been doing well in Carlisle, PA. I have a booth, toy booth, but whatnot's been just insane. Okay, insane. Uh, how can people? Connect with you on whatnot. Whatnot is whatnot's an app for your phone, and I am I am listed as Uncle underscore Bob. It's Uncle Bob. Yeah. Yep. And if you if you happen to see Uncle Bob in person at a show, uh, please just go up and introduce yourself. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Can't yeah, miss and, me. Got the big beard. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and just just really just a really cool guy. And I'm glad we get to do this. I'm glad we Absolutely. met at Carlisle. Too. Oh, me too. Me too. You're yeah. a super guy, and I love meeting you. Had a I like chat with you. You're yeah, great absolutely. Guy. Good people. Cool. All right, so what's your what's your hope for the rest of the day now? Uh, well, I was trying to find a Bigfoot, and I am no luck. I, I was really looking to find a, a $6 million man Bigfoot. I had one as a kid. I want it again, of course. So that was like a thumbs down. But anyway, I'll find one. And you never know. It might be on the second go-around where all of a sudden you come across it. Somebody so. might take one out of a box. You never know. <laughs> if I happen to see one, I'll let you know. Let me know. Let me know. Thanks. Bob, it was so good talking to you. Oh, always good to see you. Always good to see you. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean it. I, the Ghostbusters thing, you can tell me what is on this card. <laughs> if you don't know, he shocks you. <laughs> I'll just sit there with the shots. This is well. a stun gun. Zap in the gun. <laughs> All right, we are, we, are, we are hanging out here with our good friend Andy Cook. Andy, how are you doing? Good, good. Hope everybody's doing well today. Man, so this is just so nice. It feels like a family reunion, which is so cool. It's nice to do it in the middle of the centrifuge, too. I was, I was just explaining to somebody, like, this is where people like Buzz Aldrin trained, and, and we're here just kind of celebrating and looking at toys now and comics and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mike Zolotora has a great venue. Um, I've been coming here since 2012. 12, I think, um, and I mean, this is this is a great show. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff you can get here. Mm-hmm. The the building's incredible. Um, it's really neat how it's laid out. You know, if you've never seen a NASA training center, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's he's a big inspiration to me of uh, you know when I started my show and stuff. So I have a lot, and he helps me out a lot. So I have a lot of props to give to Mike. You know, awesome. he's definitely a good guy, and um, you know, so glad he can put on this event for everybody. Have you have you uh, had any good pickups over the years from here? Yeah, um, so I'm a big Brave Star collector, um, and I know back when I started collecting Brave Star, there was a sealed um, Brave Star playset I got from the guys. They actually still have a booth down here, down at the end. So that was a big thing. Then last year, from my friend uh, Pete Larose, um, I got a, a Thundercats uh, prototype uh, bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually just dropped that off at CES today because they're going to be grading that along with the, the hard hard copy one that they released. So. so cool. So everybody knows me. I'm a Thundercats guy, so I was super stoked to get that here from Peter. And, um, I mean, yeah, you find stuff you got to look, you know, and yeah. with me... I have a lot in my collection, so it's, it's harder for me to find some stuff. But very selective and looking for very specific things. Yeah, but if you're the average guy coming out to look for stuff, it's it's really good, you know. And like I said, I, I like coming out here too because it's not just about the toys; it's about meeting everybody and yeah. stuff. People you see during the year, you get to see them again for the first time. And just hang out, right? Yeah, yeah. Because Zolocon is usually like my first show before the show season starts. This is the one I hit, and then the other ones start falling into place. So, yep. 
Yeah. Uh, what's the coolest thing you've seen here so far today? Coolest thing I've seen here. Um, wow. Besides Bob. Besides Bob. Yeah, um, wow, that's kind of hard. Um, I guess there's, um, I did see some, uh, some sealed Voltron sets over there that are pretty cool. I mean, they're hard to come by. Um, I like Josh's, um, who's next to Peter, has that Master of the Universe, um, poster display, the Rice Krispies. Josh Van Pelt, he's a, a huge Masters Universe collector. He's all, really an awesome guy. And uh, he he uh, he has some extra ones, so I'm, I'm building up my man cave um, to uh, put some store displays in, which I did pick up uh, some pretty cool store displays here from Chris Lamont. I got a Snorks store, uh, store display and also got a, um, a uh, two Smurfs store displays. They were the old raised uh, 3D plastic yeah. for my room, so I was pretty stoked to pick those up. So. Very cool. Oh, it sounds like it's been a good day for you so far. Too. Yeah, when you, <laughs> when, when, you, when you have everything you collect, you move the store displays and prototypes, and it's not cheap. So, I understand. So when you come away with one or two items, you're pretty happy. It's a win, so. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a win, so... So now, speaking of wins, we had you had a huge, successful win with um, with your show last year, yes. Toys for the Ages Expo in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. If you haven't listened to the episode, I, I think I did two episodes on it. Uh, it was one of my favorite moments of the entire year last year. Uh, one of my favorite shows I've ever been to. One of my favorite experiences. Uh, and you were doing another one this year. Yeah. So, so, the, so this will be the third year uh, in a row for Toys for the Ages Expo. We're, we're super happy to be a part of Carlisle events and. Carlisle, Pennsylvania. So it is at the Carlisle Expo Center, which is 100 K Street. That's Carlisle, PA, 17013. It's a one-day show. As of this year, we have an announcement for 2023, but I don't want to spoil any of that right now. But we are a one-day show. Um, early bird entry is from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. It's, it's $10 to get in. And then uh, general mission is $5 from uh, 10 to 3 p.m. And, and You're very strict about... Um, what types of vendors that you have there. First of all, I was just saying this to you and Bob. Um, you bring in some of the nicest people that I've ever met, which is a blessing. But also, too, you, you have very strict standards for the type of stuff that you have at a show. What, what is that? Yeah, so we, we are a vintage toy expo. Um, I, myself, am a collector more than anything, and my, I collect stuff from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, so my whole goal for my show was to be the show that you come to to buy vintage toys. Um, there's people that collect modern, there's people that collect pops, you know, but my toy show is is vintage items. So we have comics, we have pop culture, I even have vintage clothing for the, if you bring your lady in and she's bored, she can go to the guy that has the vintage clothing, you know, to shop there. We have um, plush stuff for kids. Um, we have food there. We did killer giveaways last year. Um, so, yeah, we just want everybody to come out and have a good time and uh, enjoy Tours for the Ages. Yeah, and it really is about 75% vintage, which is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, more and more of these shows, sadly, are, are uh, you know, leaning more toward modern or what's available a lot of times in, in stores like Target and Walmart. And you just continue to get the, the top vendors who have amazing stuff. I picked up four parted Luke Jedis <laughs> yeah, last year, which I'm still buzzing about. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean we're we're excited, and um, you know we're we're trying to trying to build it up to it's the show that everyone wants to go to in August. So um, we're definitely looking forward to everybody coming out. If you guys have a chance, um, keep an eye out. We're actually putting our uh, digital commercial will be coming out this this week. Um, also, you can follow us on Instagram at Torch for the Ages Expo. 
Uh, Facebook is Torch for the Ages Expo. Um, and uh, we also have Torch for the Ages Expo.com is our website. So you can check that out for all the updates and uh, what we got going on. So just follow one of those things and you'll see because I'm always posting. So. It's growing and growing. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's getting somehow better and better. So I, I, I love that. <laughs> That's good. Um, but okay. So I'm going to let you guys go because I know you guys have been here long enough. And I thank you so much, Bob. It was a pleasure oh, to have you good to around you. here as well. Andy, it was yeah, so David. nice to talk to you. Go do your, your hunting and your shopping, and I hope you both find some really cool stuff tonight. All right, man. I appreciate it. and appreciate everybody that uh, tunes into David's podcast because they are great. I listen to it a lot, a lot when you're on the road. I mean, <laughs> it, you know. You, uh, that's really you know, cool. It's, it's really fantastic, and hopefully he decides he wants to do a podcast this year for Toys for the Ages Expo 2022. I think I might have to do something, <laughs> pull something together. So. So. All, All right, right. Thank you. We'll cool. see you later. Here's the Zolocon. One constant of a toy show is that anything can happen at any moment. In the matter of a minute, you can find a long-desired piece on a random table. Figures and accessories with your name on them could be waiting for you at the bottom of an overlooked bin under a vendor's table. But sometimes, it's not an item that seems to find you, but a new friend. I am walking past a long stretch of tables when a tall gentleman cuts in front of my path and says my name. He introduces himself as Jason West, and his face is instantly recognizable from our group chats over Zoom during the pandemic. Seeing Jason in person is completely unexpected, but is such a welcome surprise. I just had one of those magical run-ins that always seem to happen here at ZoloCon. Uh, I ran into my buddy, Jason West, who is so awesome. Jason stopped me, and, uh, and we got to chat for a while. So, Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm originally from, uh, from Northern Virginia. It took about three-ish hours to get up here. Uh, came out hang out with a college friend. Of course, we ran into Ross Barr, Eric Frank, Steve Rinsey, Brad Portnoy, James Gallo, and uh, there's somebody else I want to miss, but that's fine. No big deal. Having a great time. This is my second time at the show. I love it. So many cool things to do, uh, non-Star Wars related. Sorry, if people are around, so I'm not gonna bust them out. So uh, always looking for Jawas and bootlegs from the Star Wars line. Uh, get what I can. Unfortunately, haven't found anything. But taking my second swing around. And uh, full disclosure, I ran. I just got a guest when I met David Quinn. I was like, "Hey, are you David?" Probably some random person would look at me like, "Well, I can't say another word. Who are you?" So you know, I'm not gonna hit on you. We're good. No hugs. We're good. So I'm having a great time. And um, you know, looking for Jawas, obviously trying to modern. Uh, when I think of Jawas, I think of you. Well, you know what? To be honest, I I, I appreciate that. However, I'll give a pub out to Grand Hughes. He has a phenomenal collection. Really? Oh God, yes. He doesn't share pictures. I understand why. But back in the uh, back in the day on the Rebel Scums, Rebel Scum, excuse me, Rebel Scum Day, excuse me, he would share these ridiculous pictures. Uh, Chromalins from the Power of the Force line for uh, unproduced uh, for card backs. Almost a full run of the 12 backs to include the uh, Power Toy line. He has at least three or four, maybe two or three first shots from the vintage line right there. Wow. Test shots from the Earth line. 
So he probably is going to hate me for disclosing this, but he has a lot of stuff. Some of the stuff that came from me, which is fine. He has that box flat for Lando Jawas that came from me. He still has it, bootlegs. Incredibly nice person to talk to. Uh, of course, uh, Nick Rayner, unfortunately, got out of the hobby. Another big Jawa collector. Uh, Chris Nichols, unfortunately, got out of the hobby. So I appreciate everybody that, that loves Jawas, and I appreciate anybody that thinks of me for the line as well. What's your number one Jawa piece that you're hunting for right now? Oh, God. I would love to land a Power of the Force 2 red proof card. To my knowledge, there are two that exist. Uh, one, I know where one is. I've offered him a ridiculous amount of money. He won't accept, and that's fine. I have no issues with that. Uh, I have 15 of the, from the Power of the Force 2 Jawa line from all the pre-production items. I think I have 15 of the 21. I could be out from Wow. Them. So hard copies, uh, first shots, uh, QC lines, uh, stuff like that. Some mock-ups, some other things from Japanese imports, which I don't think would ever release, but again, that's my guess. Uh, some unproduced, uh, like the unproduced Mighty Mug, I have that one. And by far the hardest Power of the Force 2 Jawa to find is the Wanto. Wanto Jawa first shot, there's maybe four of them I've been able to track through the years. And that's it. So, yeah, I mean, like I, said, I appreciate everybody that comes to me for knowledge. I can share everything I have. Uh, I maintain kind of different lists for hardbacks, for variations, for things I've accumulated over the years. If anyone has anything Jawa related and, uh, you know, especially vintage stuff or Power of the Force uh, 2 stuff, just please hit up Jason because, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you could add to your collection, that'd be this year, that'd be great. Oh, I'd love to add to my collection. Now, my wife personally might not like that, but also I venture into other hobbies as well. Uh, So, you know, anytime I can uh, afford them, that would be nice. Well, it's fantastic. I'm so glad we ran into each other. And uh, we're actually going out to Mission Barbecue for lunch if you'd like to join us, a bunch of collectors. uh, I'm here meeting with a college friend of mine, so I have to pass on that. But next time I come up here or in the future, I definitely want to Mission Barbecue. Absolutely. We do it every time. Mission Barbecue is good stuff. So we have one in Virginia, so right there. But it was awesome running into you, and I'm going to reach out my hand and shake him right there. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Yo, give me a hug, man. I don't care about that. Absolutely. So, so good to see you. That. I'm so glad we get to do yes. this. This is just, it's so cool to run into each other like this. We were saying, like, um, during COVID, we were, uh, I'm sorry. we were, we were, um, you know, doing Zoom chats and stuff oh, yeah. like that, but but to be able to be in person again and to handshake and hug is a beautiful thing. Oh, no, no, hugs are good. Yeah. I mean, I with all the stuff going on and, you know, nothing discount what happened over the last two plus years, but hugs are good. I have no issues with that. Handshakes, hugs, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. you want to do. I have no issues with that. Are you doing any more laps? Excuse me? Are you going to do any more laps oh, yeah, around I'm going to do one more. I'm going to okay. do one more. Cool. I hope you find something special. I hope I find something too. I hope I do. All right. Awesome to see you, man. Take care of yourself. It was really good to see you. I didn't mean to put Jason on the spot about lunch, but I wanted to extend the invite. In our clubs, one of the consistent adages seemed to be, the more the merrier. And I always try to open the door for others to be part of the party because so many people have opened that door for me over the years. Sometime around noon, a number of us leave the venue, pile into cars, and drive a third of a mile to Mission Barbecue. Mission is a wonderful barbecue restaurant, and the layout of its tables helps to accommodate a larger group like ours. If you want to order some food, I'll save you a seat next to me. I'd recommend the pulled pork and the brisket, and I always get the baked beans and mac and cheese as my sides because they're so flavorful. 
and you don't have to worry about asking for sauces. Every table has a carton containing six different barbecue sauces in squeeze bottles. Each sauce has a unique flavor and is based on the style of barbecue from a specific region or state. I'm going to bring my food to the table. I'll see you in a few minutes. So this is probably a mistake. Uh, we are we are at lunch right now. There is there is such a large group of us that we um, we actually have two full tables, which is really nice. And I'm about to um, take my life into my own hands and ask Rob Amatea some questions. So uh, Rob, what do you think of uh, the Zolocon? I love it. It's worth the three hour drive for me and uh, Gordy to come down here. What time did you guys leave? Six in the morning. Gordy got up at four. Yeah, four o'clock. And um, have you have you found anything yet, or is there anything you're hunting for right now? A few things I saw, but nothing that was priced uh, for me to buy. If I was going to pick it up, it had to be cheap. But and it was all not like Star Wars. Oh, uh, there was a um, Godzilla. Godzilla from um, Shogun. Shogun Godzilla that I wanted, but it wasn't the price I was willing to pay. Is there anything that you're currently hunting right now? Uh, I kind of moved forward. Gordy, I'm not going to go there. I, I kind of moved on to uh, Mego Planet of the Apes stuff, so that's really what I'm focusing on now. Do you, do you have stuff already, or are you just starting out? I, I got a ton of stuff already. Any pre-production? Actually, I have an unproduced Atari 2600 game for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, the Super 7 stuff. Oh, and Super 7 prototypes. The Super 7 stuff is newer, right? Yes. Yep. And then when was the um, the Planet of the Apes game? When did that come out? Or when did it not come out? I, that I don't know. I don't know what year it was being worked on. So 80s, 90s? Er, uh, early 80s. All right. Um, we're going to be going back after we eat. Is there anything that you're going to try to pick up then? Oh, there's a couple cosplayers. Moving on to Gordy. I know, this is, as I asked that, I saw Gordy flinch and go to grab his head, and I went, I know I asked something wrong. Okay. <laughs> Gordy, how about you? I tried. You did a really great job. Okay, thank you. Uh, Gordy, do you, um, is there anything that you were, you're looking for? Did you pick up anything while you were there? I uh, filled in some, some modern uh, things I was missing, vintage collection figures. And um, picked up something I wasn't looking for, but just one of those things that calls out to you. Uh, Pete LaRose had a um, box of unopened Dutch trading cards, Star Wars, which were really neat. So that's probably the gem of the day. Nice, very nice. Um, how were the prices for the vintage collection stuff? Uh, not bad. You know, a little bargaining, but around 20 bucks a piece, which is only a couple dollars over retail now. So, Were you, were you picking up newer ones or some of the older ones? No, ones from about a year and a half ago, right around when COVID hit, where I just wasn't hitting stores, and I'm not really a big pre-order guy, so filling in those holes. Oh, fantastic. All right. Uh, is there anything you're going to pick up when you go back, or are you pretty good right now? Um, maybe Rob from jail. Other than that, I think I'm probably pretty much done today. <laughs> That's the perfect point to end this conversation. <laughs> What was the question? Anything else you're going to pick up today? <laughs> Rob from jail. Yeah. Okay, you've heard it here first. Uh, we're at Mission Barbecue right now and uh, just having a really nice lunch so far.
As we eat, we are joined by Lucas Henkel. Lucas is another Tri-State collector I met at the Carlisle Show last summer. Since then, we've stayed in touch, and in the fall, he became a member of the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors. I introduced Lucas to some of my Empire State friends like Gordy Owen during lunch, and the two of them connect. I don't know if Lucas is part of the Empire State Club yet, but I have a feeling he will be soon. After lunch, Lucas offers to drive me back to the venue. He has to head home, so he won't be returning to shop the show. But before we say goodbye to him, let's sit in Lucas's car and catch up a bit. He has some new purchases from the show, and I want you to see them for the first time with me. So I think things have been a little crazy. It was a little overwhelming being inside of the venue and then, you know, going and sitting. We, we actually had more people here today for lunch. Um, I think double the amount of people than really? we normally have. Yeah, and it's really incredible. And so we just finished lunch and I'm sitting in the car uh, with someone who is so special and so cool. Uh, we have Lucas Henkel. And Lucas, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, fantastic. And you're too kind. Oh, really? Like, we met we met uh, at, at Carlisle, and uh, this was sort of like a Carlisle reunion. I saw a lot of guys, Andy Cook, and... Oh, no, sorry, we met at... Uh, yeah, we met at Carlisle. Yeah, Toys for the Ages. Toys for the Ages. Yeah. And, um, and it was just, you know, it was really nice, and we stayed in touch over the year. And uh, we, we then hung out at... You invited me to, uh, to the Hershey Show, and we got to hang out at the Hershey Show together. And it's just been really cool, but... To be back at a show, you know, a few months later now, and, and, and at ZoloCon, it's been really nice. So I'm glad you made the trip, and uh, was this your first time coming to ZoloCon? Uh, I've been here once, one time before, but I can't recall what year it was. It was pre-COVID, um, so it might have even been 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. Okay. Did you like it, though? Was it a good oh, experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic time. It was actually, I mean maybe less lit than it was today. <laughs> it's a little bit darker in there. That's that's yeah. the biggest complaint that people seem to have. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a little hard to see stuff, um, especially when you're looking and you're hunting in bins and boxes. Yeah, because, like, you get, like, the people with the glass case or, like, the gla- like the box with the glass top on it and you're trying to, like, lean over <laughs> and your own shadow is being cast on it so you're just, you know, shooting yourself in the foot kind of thing. Yeah, we actually saw some people with flashlights uh, at yeah. some points. Not that it's really that dark, but it's just if you're looking for certain details and stuff, uh, it, it can be a little hard to see in there. Yeah, so. for sure. So, okay, so did you have a good experience so far for the second one? Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, definitely a lot more vendors this year than when I'd been here previously. A lot more of a kind of variety, Uh, a lot of comic books. I'm not much of a comic book guy, but I've noticed that's kind of, and I'm probably way out of my element by saying this, and people are going to yell at us in the comments, but like it seems like comic books are getting more of a renaissance now than what I've noticed. They're they're creeping into toy shows, which is interesting. But we're also, I think we're also seeing for card shows and for comics shows that toys are starting to creep Creep into into them. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's just, like I said, outsider looking in kind of yeah. thing on the comics, you know. No, but you're absolutely world, but. right. This this show in particular has had more comics than we've really seen at toy shows recently, so, uh, which is a nice addition, you know, especially because they what they offer here at ZoloCon, as far as toys, vintage and modern, is just so much. So having the comics, it's not like it really took away from the toys, which is good. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I also like... Seeing all like the artists and the people that make like 3D printing stuff yeah. or like resin kits or props, that sort of thing. I really enjoy 
Like, I'm not much of a collector of it, but I can definitely appreciate the amount of time and work and effort that goes into making that kind of stuff and then being able to, like, get it to a point where, like, I'm confident that I can sell this and, and other people, people will buy it. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, like, that's it's just cool to see that kind of thing. So I really enjoy seeing that. And uh, definitely the biggest thing was, like, vintage toys. Uh, it seemed to be a lot more vintage than I'm used to seeing it shows. It, it almost feels like the last couple of years it's... Uh, Jason from Smuggler's Galaxy has mm-hmm. the term he likes to say that uh, looks like Target threw up. There's <laughs> <laughs> yes. like a lot of like Marvel Legends and Black Series, and not that I have anything against them, but it's like you go it's to these straight toy from shows, those stores, and now they're yeah. in. Yeah, so you like go to these toy shows, and it's just like all you know, brand new stuff that you can get on the shelf. Which there's certainly a place for that, but I like going to these toy shows to see all the vintage stuff because mm-hmm. it's always a pleasure to see something that you forgot existed right. or haven't thought about in 30 plus years and just like oh man i remember those things that kind of thing yeah um but mostly i go to these shows for the vintage toys and vintage star wars mainly so speaking (laughs) of vintage toys uh what do we have here do we so so you had mentioned that you had picked up some some cool pieces and as you went to show me i said no way we gotta record record this yeah so sitting in the back I, i mostly do vintage stuff but i didn't pick up one of the vintage collection slave ones um, wow, it's a nice box. It's yeah. pretty perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am going to open it, and some people are going to yell at me, but I'm going to display it because that's what toys are for. It's do do whatever you want with it. I think that's great. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was under the impression, we were talking about it outside briefly, that this was just a repaint of that Clone Wars, like the small Jango Fett yeah. slave one. And I was like, ah, it's not real big. And then, funny enough, when I went to the Georgia meetup, uh, I was over at Glenn's house, and he had it on display. And I'm like, this thing is huge. What is this? He's like, that's the Vintage Collection Slave 1. I'm like, this is it? That's he's like, cool. And he's like looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, like this thing's gigantic. I had no idea. This is so cool. And, I, and then ever since then, I'm like, oh, man, I got I to gotta get one. Because like, I have a Boba Fett focus, so like many other people. But yeah. So I got that, and then I got um, two carded Vintage figures. I Ooh, got uh, okay. the Return of the Jedi and then the Empire Fats. Very so, nice. VC09 and VC186, respectively. And so the so. Jedi one has the desert scene Boba Fett, and then the Empire Strikes Back one has the space Boba Fett. Yeah. And they're actually, they're different. I mean, the the, um, the costumes, as far as uh, the yeah, colors are different. Yeah, because this is more akin, obviously, to what he looked like in Empire, like the right. green gauntlets, and then biggest difference, like the gauntlets and the belts and, mm. like, the extra bags and whatnot, but... Uh, that and his rifle too. So yeah, but uh, got to get one to go with the slave one. You got to have someone drive it, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> those, are, those are really fantastic, though. They did a nice yeah. job on them. Good job, yeah. bro. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not much of a modern collector, so like, it's it's weird growing up with like the older like Power of the Force and vintage stuff, mm-hmm. and then you buy modern figures now, and they're just like stuff of dreams from yeah. 30 years ago. Light it's like, years, yeah. different. And people are complaining about them still, you know, but yeah, it, it is what it is. The vintage collection is that bridge to modern. It really is. Yeah. Uh, also picked up a couple, um, well, I got a loose one here, too. Oh, nice. Cool. So uh, another one of the vintage collection, uh, was VC09 Fets, because he'll go in the slave one, but I have a like a wall of carded Boba Fett stuff. Sure. So grabbed him and... Uh, Got two other vintage figures, and I mainly got them for the accessories because I have the loose figures. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a General Maydean with his 
toothpick accessory, whatever. Sure. His, his, his baton. Baton, or, yeah. yeah. It's going to do some drum line <laughs> later, I don't know. And then uh, Prune Face, and uh, he's complete as well. Mm-hmm. It looks like it comes with, like, the backer that was in the card with Yeah, the him. tray, sure. So I'm almost wondering, this is, like, just someone had a cut card. Or, yeah, just peeled them off the card and, and then just exactly. put it right in here. Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing, so... Really nice shape because I have a prune face, but he's missing the rifle and the and the coat. So I was like, yeah. You know, the rifle is well. exclusive to him, and I believe Absolutely. that um, Maydean's um, I'm going to yeah. call it a baton because I don't know what else to call it. Staff, uh, dental is, equipment, yeah, perhaps is exclusive to him as well too. So, <laughs> and it's it's very hard to find uh, the the prune face rifles. You know, yeah, the, that's what I've noticed because yeah. that's what I've been trying to do is find a rifle in the cape like in the same lot. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm going to end up paying more. Than just buying a complete figure, and I got a pretty good deal because I bundled it together with some stuff. Mm. Um, and then the the big thing that I got, which um, I was pretty happy about, you actually texted me that you're coming to Mission Barbecue. I was like, oh, I'm working on a deal. Yeah. Um, so I got myself a nicer uh, yak face. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> so that was the uh, wow. the big the big money spending that I did today. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. I had we hadn't discussed this. You just mentioned that you had yeah. a big deal. Uh, that is fantastic. Yeah. I was not expecting so to see that. Mine, the the torso's a little discolored, and he's like missing a ton of paint on the fingers. Mm-hmm. This one, um, the only thing it has some paint rub on its shoulder sure, here. Sure, but that's um, not even that much. I mean, that, that like just... the toes are good. I mean, the feet are good. Yeah. I mean, there's a little there. No, but, that looks uh, perfect. Yeah, it's. Comparatively to the one I have, it's immaculate, so I'm really, really pleased with this. Yeah, and I don't and, think uh, there's any discoloration on the torso or anything. Yeah. And these these figures are really popping up in value too. So you know, if you can land one for a good price and get a good deal on one too, now I mean, and that's kind of what I figured. I was like, well, I I have one that I paid next to nothing for ten plus years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I I'm going to be out a bunch of money, and you know, I can probably trade or sell that one or just hang on to it really. Um, but I kept. I keep seeing the price of this guy go up and up and up. So it's yeah. like, now's the time. You know, if I can find one that, from the front, looks pristine, <laughs> which that's how he's going to be displayed from the front. So, yeah. you know, he'll get. Uh, he, he's missing the staff, but my act face will kindly donate his staff. That works out to perfectly. the cause. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So yes. the staff is the least of your problems. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I'm uh, very pleased with that. So. Congratulations! That is a yeah. fantastic pickup for a fantastic show. And uh, other than that, got a couple keychains for uh, a lady friend who is uh, currently working. Love you, honey. Hello, lady friend. <laughs> so, got some stuff for her, So, and uh, also got some brisket in the back for her as well. So, hopefully she's uh, in a good mood. Uh, it sounds like work. it's going to be a good day. So, yeah, yeah nice job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, hey, I'm at are... work, I don't know, you know, I'm out buying toys while she's at work, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Somebody has to do it, right? We exactly. need somebody Listen, to buy toys. I'll, I'll fall on that grenade. <laughs> I'll go out and buy the toys while she goes to work. Yeah. You know? Oh, you but, picked up some really nice stuff. Very impressive. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm very pleased with it, and uh, definitely, like, I'm even just as excited about, like, the Maydean and the Prune Face, because mm-hmm. I, they're both... You know, missing all their pieces and parts. So, mm-hmm. and as any vintage Star Wars collector knows, right now it's much harder to find the parts than it is to find the figure it's or always. even just complete figures. It's yeah. like if you piecemeal it together, it's it's just gonna it's gonna cost you 150 percent of what just buying the complete figure would be. So, yeah, no, you're very smart to do so and to find those those right ones for good prices when you're at a show like this. 
Um, and then I would say, you know, even a topper to the day too is you met some some new friends while we had a, a mission barbecue. We had a nice lunch, and uh, so, you know, we had lunch with some of the guys and girls from um, the Empire State Club and from the Pennsylvania Club. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you you and I were talking about this earlier, but I, I think this is just an important point too. So you you had basically you had contacted me um, when you were going down uh, for work down to Georgia and you said, you know, hey, do you think, do you think it'd be okay if I, you know, stopped in and, and, and attended the, the Georgia Summer Social? Um, and it was really cool because, uh, it, it was the Winter Social, I'm sorry. Winter Social, correct. Yeah. yeah, so you had said that you want to stop in and, and, uh, and attend the Winter Social and you actually had the chance to do so. Yeah. And you got to meet a lot of people from Georgia just by taking that that chance and, and going out there. Shout what, out to the Georgia Alliance. Yes. What was that? What was that like for you? Was it was it uh, nerve wracking at all? Like were you a little nervous going in, or was it? Uh, I mean, to a, to a point, um, more so just being in a location that I'm not familiar with. Right. You know, I'm not from Georgia. I'm from Pennsylvania, so you know, there's there's that. But I travel so much for work that, and I meet new people constantly, day in day out. So. Uh, it's just more of a didn't want to feel like I was showing up uninvited kind of thing. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if there's one thing I've learned from the Star Wars community as a whole, not even just like the collecting communities, everyone's just so warm and welcoming. And right. I really appreciate that. And it's nice to have people that are so kind and friendly that you can just talk shop about Star Wars. Because, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there whose wives or husbands are just tired of hearing about star wars like <laughs> sure. all the time you know or not even just star wars just you know collecting stuff in general so yeah it's nice to just be able to go and you know get that that release of being able to just talk about something that's so important to me and, and finding your tribe yeah. too you know where exactly you all it's nice to be in a spot where you could make certain references or as you said, like go go long into something, and everyone else kind of gets it because they they share that same passion, the same interest. Yeah, everyone um, gives the approving nods as you're talking, yeah. as I, opposed to like, yeah, that's so interesting, crazy, wow. Gets <laughs> <laughs> so. her eyes glaze yeah. over. Yeah, I give you a lot of credit though because um, you know, it, it's so over the years, you know, um, we as collectors we've talked about how nerve wracking it is, kind of you know, for your first time going and attending a meetup, and a lot of times you're attending a meetup, usually with somebody that you know, but you're just you know, you're kind of a little maybe nervous or anxious as far as you know, are, are, am I going to meet these people and are they going to accept me and and am I going to fit in and am I going to be able to, to mm -hmm. connect with people? Absolutely. And you traveled to a completely different part of the country <laughs> and went to one where you really didn't know anybody. Well, not a single person. I just ended up messaging um, Jason and Glenn, actually. Uh, another shout out to the uh, Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. Hello, Smuggler's Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> ended up messaging them both. Said, uh, name dropping, you know, SDQ over here. Be like, hey, uh, my buddy uh, David Quinn <laughs> said, you, you guys are the guys. So, big fan of the podcast and uh, would love to attend the meetup. And they were both very gracious to have me over. So, would you, um, do, would you feel comfortable enough now to, to continue and to go back? And Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'd love and to you've go been, back. You've been down. Yeah, actually, I, I saw Jason not too long ago. <laughs> so cool. That's, it's just yeah. so nice. And, and you could see, like, just a community like this, like when people are really engaging and warm and creative and fun and funny, like it just adds so much to mm -hmm. what what people would think of to be more of like an isolated hobby. 
you know, of, of collecting and, and yet for us, it's not, you know, yeah, this it really is isn't. hanging out like this, sitting in a car and chatting on a Sunday is part of the whole thing. Yeah, too. And <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. So it, you know, it definitely makes you feel not as kind of secluded and cloistered in your own like little room of your collection or rooms in some people's case, yeah. that kind of thing. So, um, I, th- I definitely enjoy this aspect of it just as much as the collecting and the thrill of the hunt sort of thing. So yeah. it's, it's, it's been a real treat. It's a special <laughs> thing. Well, I'm glad we got to do this today. Absolutely. I know you have to head home because you have a brisket dinner uh, to devour. So, but I, I thank you again for just <laughs> taking the time, and I'm glad we got a chance to hang and to, to do this again. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And here's to our next adventure. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of the afternoon, between tours around the centrifuge's floor, I spend most of my time between two vendor areas. The first is at Pete LaRose's table. He and our mutual friend Josh Van Pelt set up next to one another at every Zolocon show, and I love to hang out with both of them. Josh's youngest son is attending Zolocon for the first time and is selling some of his Boglins figures. He's marked his bin with prices, and I'm rooting for him to sell a lot of them this weekend, and to have a memorable experience with his father. Let's take a walk to the second vendor area, and visit my good friend Mark Ryan, before we leave for the day. Okay, we have another friend from the Carlisle Show who's here at at ZoloCon, a good buddy of mine, Mark Ryan. Runs Inconceivable Toys Correct. and does a fantastic job with it. And uh, he's got a beautiful booth. And uh, you had some amazing finds come your way uh, during this weekend. So, Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, uh, David. So, yeah, I picked up a sealed uh, Imperial shuttle. It's probably the nicest one I've ever seen in person. And uh, one of the nicest box periods as far as, like, you know, vintage Star Wars. It's sealed. Clear tape. Clear tape. Um, I posted it on my pages uh and on my own personal facebook page <laughs> so, i almost i almost ran out of my house and jumped in my car yesterday when i saw that yeah, i got a lot of messages like <laughs> yeah, about imagine. it so uh but yeah so that's just going to go up on my shelf just hopefully the pop the tape never pops <laughs> right <laughs> it's the scariest thing but when you have one that's that nice where the tape because I, I checked the whole box, you know, the photos and oh, everything, yeah. and it looks really solid. So you should be good, but um, my I, gosh, what a pickup. I heard if you run duct tape over the clear tape, it'll hold it down. That's a really <laughs> good idea. Then you put masking tape right around the, the sides. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah and then, <laughs> it's a horrible uh, idea. I picked up, a, a had a friend, brought me a box of stuff, and it was just random stuff. And he's like, I just want to get rid of it. So he gave me the price he wanted, I paid for it. And... Um, and now that I've been talking to you, you've been helping me investigate some stuff. There's some pretty good, cool stuff in there that I didn't know. Yeah, you made my morning because you came over to me and you were like, hey, I got a box of prototypes and stuff. Do you want to go through it and see? And I was like, yes, that's that's my Christmas. Yeah. Sure. yeah, so there was, I think there's Kenner starting lineups, a couple, a couple Star Wars ones. Mm-hmm. And then, the, um, were the photos? They were, uh, like, Kenner slash Hasbro era photos of the early Power of the Force 2 stuff. Um, I shouldn't say early. Well, early, like, 90, what was Dash Rendar? 96? Yeah, middle 90. 90 98? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then you have a, a Han Hoth hard copy, which is a pretty big deal, too. Uh, you also have 
uh, a larger. I'm gonna. I think it's like the Epic Force Han. That's what I. It, that's that's what I think. Yeah, and then um, you also have a, a first shot, which I believe is a Han from either 2002 or 2004. Sort of that that Sarlacc scene. Um, yeah. When he, uh, yeah, he's got the the, the chains. The chains on. Yeah. There, yeah. So. So yeah, that was cool. I didn't really. You did all the footwork <laughs> finding that out for me because I just threw it in there and said, "Hey, here, David." <laughs> hey, it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and then it had. I had a couple empty box. Uh, the Motu two packs. You know the, the that came with the bag figures. So I had a, I got I had a couple empty boxes of those. The vintage ones. The vintage ones. Yeah, wow. one was a white box, and then one was the brown box. And I'm trying to remember. I know the four characters. I don't remember who's on the box. It was Clawful, Jujitsu, and then um, Khan, right? Khan, Khan, whatever. And then uh, yeah, and then there was one other figure. I don't remember that was on one of the boxes, but. And then yeah, I had some other stuff in there, but it was it was a good little good little bag. Oh, I had a, a graded vintage turtle in there, Donatello ten back. So that was cool. Wow, yeah, that's one that you just shelf. picked up. Yeah, it's on the shelf over there. Congratulations, that's yeah, awesome. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this has been a really good weekend for you. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the one thing I didn't know, he just the friend came in and was like, hey, I got something for you. I was like, cool. <laughs> has it been an expensive weekend for you? It's been very expensive. <laughs> but, you know, it was the, the one thing was for my personal collection. So, you know, I'm like anybody else. I don't mind spending a little bit more for my personal. Right. And I still think I got a really good deal on it. You already know what I spent on it. And, and honestly, the, I mean, you could if you decided that you didn't want it, in an hour, you can you can find somebody who would gladly pay twice that. I could, but I'll never do that. No, but it's just it's, <laughs> I know. it's nice to know that it's like nice, if you were yeah. like, oh, I made this huge mistake or I spent way too much, you're good. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. But no, finding finding a sealed Return of the Jedi um, Imperial shuttle is just incredible. Yeah. So now it just goes. I have all these shuttles. Uh, I have all the shuttles sealed now, so that makes me happy. Yeah. And outside of that, yeah. I mean, other than that, it was really good seeing you, as, as, as always. You know, This is just so nice to be back again like this, too. And, um, you know, I, I feel like we're kind of back to normal a little bit. I do. I feel... I mean, I don't always feel normal, but I feel normal. <laughs> as, as close to normal close as we to could normal, be, yeah. yes. Yeah, no, it, but it is, it's nice to be back at shows again. For me, this is the first big show of the year. Is that the same for you, or...? Um, well, I did Toy Hayo, and I've done I did Toy Palooza last weekend, so I've done a couple bigger shows, and then Columbus will be there in two weeks, so that'll be exciting. Any any good gems at uh, Toy Palooza? I bought some carded LJNs from my collection. Toy Palooza, I recommend Toy Palooza if anybody is in the Pittsburgh area. D and E Collectibles, that show uh, that show was awesome. A lot of good stuff, and then Toy Hayo is always good too. I find I do really well there vending, and then just. What's there is it's always good. So yeah, I have to say, you always seem to find really good stuff, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that you are very fair in your pricing and that you're very kind to people. Um, I've watched you, you know, just as you're dealing with people, and uh, you know, you're just you're always respectful of others and stuff, and it, it means a lot. It's 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 always nice to see you here because you always just bring like joy and a, and a smile with you and and you help people you know get pieces that they want for fair prices i appreciate that yeah really i try that's 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 yeah i mean that's that's a big thing for me i don't i don't like i don't like overcharging and you know i i mean we've had long conversations about how i feel about that absolutely. on private messages absolutely yeah. <laughs> so yeah i try to be fair and uh, i think people like that so I, I always have people come back which is good here's 
here's to another wonderful day at Zolocon, and uh, I'm just, again, thankful to be there with you, and here's to friendship, absolutely. Absolutely. And to Inconceivable Toys, if anyone's looking for a really cool Facebook group, um, a lot of good stuff gets offered on it, and it's just, it's a nice community, and it's run by this awesome guy here, so Inconceivable Toys, check it out. Can I say something real quick about my my toy show? I run a toy show in Maryland. It's called the Maryland Maryland Toy Expo. It's June 18th. It's a Saturday. It's at the Maryland State Fairgrounds, 30,000 square foot building full of toys. Crazy. It's a one-day Saturday show. Have you locked down vendors yet? We are sold out. We've been sold out. And, yeah, so... And we moved to a bigger location where we added 50 more 10 by 10 booths. So, yeah. If you had to compare it to a toy show that people may have been to before, what would you compare it to? Um... I mean, I hate comparing to other people's because, you know... I mean, I would say, you know, I, I like to think that I run mine as well as, like, uh, the Columbus show, as well as the Toy Palooza, as well as Toy High. I like to think I'm, like, on par okay. with those so, guys. So, I mean, the, you're it. in good company. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Right. So, and uh, and just how would you describe the, the stuff that shows up there? It's, uh, I think it's a very good mixture of vintage, and uh, I think it leans more towards vintage. But, you know, of course, everybody's a modern people. You walk around every show, you can't help it. There's modern everywhere. But, um, but as, you know, we also, we took over, uh, we moved to that location because it was for an older, uh, a guy used, has been running one out there for 20 years. He retired, so we moved ours there. So actually some of his vendors picked up with us. And then we even have, we have a few vendors that sell, like, old, like, 40s era toys, so we incorporated them into our show, which was nice. Yep. And that's you and our friend Christian, is that correct? Correct, Christian. Yep. Okay. Yep. So uh, this is a show that is just it's it's in good hands, and it really, if you get a chance, it's the Maryland Toy Toy Expo. Expo. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, we're all, and we have a website as well. Okay. Yep. Really cool. I wish yep. you the best. And Thank when is you. it? June 18th. Okay, so make sure you go. This is another good one, and uh, we're fortunate that our friends are now the ones running these toy shows, and they work very hard to make this stuff really enjoyable and and events that you'd want to go to again and again. And uh, I know if Mark has has put his time into it, then it's going to be something good. So, Mark, you're a blessing. I love you, and uh, I look forward to the next time we get together. (laughs) What, in uh, Columbus? Two weeks, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Cool. See you in Columbus. All right, buddy. I feel like every time I go to ZoloCon, I wind up staying later and later, (laughs) and that's okay. Today was a really fun day. I had no expectations for it. I have to be honest, it was the first show in a while, as I've mentioned, and I was really hoping to find some cool pieces. Um... You know, and I just, I wanted to get back into the hunting a little bit for stuff. I had missed that. Um, I've lost my voice a little bit. Uh, and that's what happens usually, you know, when you're kind of hanging out, especially in loud areas and, you know, talking to people for most of the day. Um, and that's one of the things, that's really what I did for the entire day was to to talk to and to catch up with uh, a number of people. Gordy Owen, uh, Ed Nagy, and Rob Amatea and I just went out to a diner after the show. We basically stayed until the show ended which was really cool. I think I've done that before, but I think I've usually gone home after that. And this time we just, you know, the the four of us went out to a a local diner. I think it was called the West Side View Diner, West End Diner, something like that. 
And um, we just sat in a corner booth. It's a place that, you know, they usually uh, head over to, you know, when they're up around this area. And we just, we sat in kind of the same corner booth. And um, we just sat and talked for a few hours. And it was just a great way to end what was a really nice day. Here's to our next adventure. And really, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Star Wars Prototypes and Production.